Greetings friends, this is Will Nicholas, your Odd Rev, and this is the Deep Faith Nine podcast. Greetings friends, this is Will Nicholas and this is the second episode of Deep Faith Nine podcast where we'll be continuing to look at the episode The Emissary, part two, which was the pilot of the series uh, that was uh, a a double length episode. So um, we're going to be looking at this, uh, just to recap, three years after his wife died at the hands of the Borg following the Cardassian withdrawal of the planet Bajor, Commander Benjamin Sisko and a new crew of Starfleet and Bajoran officers take command of an abandoned Cardassian space station and make an incredible discovery that will change the galaxy and Sisko's future. If you're looking for useful information uh, or synopsis of the episodes we're talking about, then uh, I go to Memory Alpha. Uh, If you can Google that, you can uh, see all of the episodes and get some really useful uh, information and lots of trivia as well. I want to thank all those listeners who have made first contact over the last couple of weeks since we've been starting this podcast and for your invaluable feedback. And uh, we're going to do less synopsis type work with this and more theme based as we go forward. As well as that, uh, I'm going to have quite a number of guests come and join me as part of the podcast in the coming weeks. So we'll look forward to that. This is an evolving podcast and I'm learning new things all the time about how to do that and I'm looking forward to uh, hearing from you about what you want and what you're looking for. Remember you can do that but where you find the podcast at oddrev.com or by sending us messages to the Never Odd or even Facebook group uh, or also on oddrev on Twitter. Um, I look forward to that, um, your comments and feedback. So there are three main themes I want to explore today as part of our podcast. The first of which is one that gets explored in most pilots, um, the matter of identity. Uh, The writers have to quickly establish the identity of each of the cast members so that there's a strong sense of, of, of who they are and what we can expect from them into the future. Of course, their identities get fleshed out as the series goes on and we learn more about them and being a meta story as we've covered before Deep Space Nine takes the opportunity for characters to evolve. Each of the characters project a strong sense of themselves and in some times it feels like they might be overacting or overemphasizing their position. We see this especially with Major Kira in this episode where um, she uh, really plays hard the angry ex-resistance fighter who now has to try and work out how to bring about stable government. We see that also in Dr. Julian Bashir and Judzia Dax, uh, both new, uh, fresh out of the academy in their first postings um, and looking to make a name for themselves uh, and, uh, and form their identity. There's also the business-like uh, Quark and the other Ferengi who actually start to assert themselves as an identity focus and quickly policed by the sheriff in town, Odo. So we start to see all of these characters um, and they begin to tell us a little bit about who we can expect them to be. So this form of identity actually sits within most pilots and it's an interesting thing to look at uh, a pilot a couple of seasons in and we might come back and do that a bit later on in the podcast season. One thing that is interesting in the series of Deep Space Nine is the character of Miles O'Brien, who is played by Cole Meany. 
And we've seen um, Miles O'Brien before in Star Trek The Next Generation, where he has been a very capable and efficient transporter chief and has demonstrated his ability to maintain a strong and effective transporter room. This is your favourite transporter room, isn't it? Number three. Yes, sir. You know, yesterday I called down here and I asked for you without thinking. It won't be quite the same. It's just a transporter room, sir. Permission to disembark, Captain. Permission granted. This transfer of Miles O'Brien from the Enterprise to Deep Space Nine gives us a, a, a subtle cultural foreshadowing of the way in which characters will grow and their identity will actually be formed in this place. And that's a, a really significant shift, I think, in the way that science fiction had been done before this to the way that it's done now. The meta-narrative now becomes a part of our journey um, with each and every character and we get to see them grow and change and shift. The next theme I want to tease out in this episode is the one the episode is named after, the emissary. And you'll remember last week I talked about the three different kinds of emissary uh, that uh, exist in this episode. I want to look at the third of them, the emissary of the prophets. The Bajoran people, a religious people, have received these orbs or tears of the prophets throughout their um, history over 10,000 years and it has shaped the way they think about themselves theologically. They have a prophecy that says that an emissary will come and lead them to the celestial temple and that the emissary will not be one of them and not be one who is willing to be the emissary. There is a sense in which this emissary figure is a messianic figure, a figure that will come to Bajor in a time of great crisis and bring about a higher level of stability and keep them safe from the harms that are around them. Benjamin Sisko, not a strong man of faith himself, finds himself in the awkward position of not really being able to embrace this role as emissary, even though Kaio Parker, the religious leader of the planet Bajor, has said that he is the chosen one. What does it mean for us to be chosen, to be called, to have a particular destiny, if you would like, but to not believe in destiny? This is the interesting dynamic that's set up in the character of Benjamin Sisko throughout his entire uh, time as commander of the Deep Space Nine space station. History throws up these almost legendary figures again and again in just about every culture and part of history. There are leaders who don't want to be um, in charge but find themselves in a position where uh, it's their task, uh, the greatness is thrust upon them. I personally find it fascinating that this idea of the reluctant religious figure actually opens up a, a significant doorway into my next theme, which is actually the idea that science and religion are actually not compatible with each other. Ben Sisko, uh, a man of science, finds himself in a position where he um, needs to also take into account the faith and religious beliefs of the people and community that he is to work with. And so he has to actually find a way to navigate this science and religion debate. What's interesting in this episode is that Ben Sisko and his crew find themselves encountering both what they might call wormhole aliens 
and the gods who reside in the celestial temple. Both are true. Both can be substantiated with historical and scientific fact. Both narratives hold up to scrutiny. And yet you would find that there is a discrepancy between the idea that one is described in scientific terms and the other in faithful terms. The two narratives don't seem to have a strong uh, connection with each other and yet run in parallel and hold together consistently. I think we find that today in our current debates around science and religion where we attempt either to force the two together in ways that don't seem to hold up or force them apart in fundamental ways that actually uh, don't allow for us to take into account the richness of both the narrative of scientific discovery and religious and faithful belief. In this episode, both Ben Sisko and Jadzia Dax have undeniable personal experience uh, with the orbs which show them parts of their own lives and their own times and um, give them a sense that there is something really going on with these orb experiences and the prophets, even though their experiences are very different in terms of their context. Both of them have orb experiences that allow them to relive or revision or find their way through um, historical events in their own narrative or story. And that provides them with an opportunity to, to explore uh, who they are and their identity in a deeper and fuller way. It also allows us to sit on the sidelines and explore that with them and learn more about them as characters. So it's a really good plot device as well. This brings me to my third theme that I want to explore uh, in the series Deep Space Nine's pilot, The Emissary, and it goes across both parts one and two, but we'll explore it here today. The idea of time um, and temporality. What does it mean for us to be uh, beings that live in time, moving from one moment to the next? We don't really think very much about it because it's just something that is for us each moment follows the next. This episode gives us a fantastic opportunity to explore this mystery of time. The Greeks have two words for time. Chronos, which is actually the word um, that talks about chronological time, um, the time that actually follows one moment after the other, and Kairos, which actually can be best interpreted as the time, uh, a time of significance, a moment where things have changed or have been formative. What's interesting here is that the wormhole aliens don't appear to be governed by chronological time. And so when they encounter beings uh, that are, they find themselves jumping from one Kairos moment to the next, a moment of significance, moments that identify and shape and change. To them, the whole concept of being governed by time seems totally alien. In his conversations with these aliens, or Bajoran gods, the prophets, inside the wormhole, Benjamin Sisko has to attempt to explain what it means to be limited to only being able to travel to, in time one moment at a time. In a linear existence, we can't go back to the past to get something we left behind, so it's lost. It is inconceivable that any species could exist in such a manner. Whereas the wormhole aliens 
um, seem to have the ability to be able to see all of time at once. Which explains why over the last 10,000 years of Bajoran chronological time, they have been able to send out information in the orbs of prophecy about things that will happen in the future and allow the Bajorans to understand their past. In what might be considered by the Bajorans stuck in chronological time, a godlike way. There is so much to unpack and think about in the way the episode deals with this. It works with uh, Benjamin Sisko's pain in relation to losing his wife and being stuck in a moment, being caught up in a place of trauma and returning to it. And the Boomhole aliens actually talk about the way in which the, this is not consistent with chronological time. That we as people find ourselves being able to be caught up in or moved to formative moments or kairos moments in our lives. And that the unexplored nature of some of these kairos moments can cause us to feel trapped in traumatic experiences. But it also allows us to explore those formative moments, moments where we actually uh, are able to become more than we were in the moment before because of something we learn or new relationship we make, uh, new habits that we form. And so these Kairos moments have positive and negative impacts on our existence. For me in my Christian faith journey, these connections with a deep and rich sacred past, the Kairos moments of others who have attempted to work through their pain and understand their destiny, um, are, are significant and taking times to pause and reflect and think about how it is that others in the past may have done such things provides me with an opportunity to think about where I might be going and what might be happening for me. This is for me the central part of what faith is all about regardless of whether we might have one faith or another each religion seems to have in common this um, need to stop and pause on these significant moments and be formed by them. The pilot, the emissary for Deep Space Nine then sets us up on a journey to explore these concepts of self-identity and formation, as well as the Kairos moments, those moments of significance that shape our, our journey and our very existence. This then becomes a series not just of the mind or of the embodiment of actors doing things, but a series of the soul exploring who we are and where we might be going. Well, I'm afraid that's all we've got time for today. Thank you for joining me again for this next episode of Deep Faith Nine. You can find us on Spotify and on iTunes, and as well as that on oddrev.com. Uh, also, if uh, you've got a platform you'd like to hear us on, then please uh, let me know in the comments section on oddrev.com or at Facebook, Never Odd or Even, or in Twitter uh, at oddrev. Until next time, I've been Will Nicholas, your Odd Rev, and you have been listening to the Deep Faith Nine podcast for Never Odd or Even.